I was sitting in a church service in Slovakia and uh, listening in Slovak to what was being said. And I sensed rather a lot was being said about Chris. Rather a lot was being said in praise of Chris. So I turned to this passage we heard this morning, 2 Corinthians 4, to get a proper perspective on my role as a vessel, as it says in many versions, or a jar of clay in the version we heard read this morning. After a while, I was actually asked to come up and speak. Well, I hadn't expected that. It was a bit of a surprise. But I think I knew what to say. Take this passage about earthen vessels and the treasure contained within. In fact, it's quite good sometimes to get a surprise to be asked to come and speak because it means you don't have to spend time in preparation the previous week. You're going to be relying on God at that very moment. And God indeed did bring me the message and it forms the basis of what I will share this morning. There are three errors we can make when we think of ourselves as vessels, vessels carrying the treasure. And the first is that we focus far too much on the vessel, far too much on ourselves, and not on this most wonderful treasure we contain once we've committed our lives to the Lord Jesus. Let's look and see what this treasure is that we contain. Verses 6 and 7. It's the light shining in our hearts, giving the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Wow. Notice all the ofs there. Being an English teacher, I understand the use of of. It shows close association. So look at all these close associations. Light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. What treasure that is. And we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, if we forget the supreme treasure that we carry in our hearts, then we're going to come up against a number of problems. Just look at verse 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the likeness of God. Satan has blinded people. Now, if we come up just as vessels and try and sort that one out, 
as we often say in English, best of luck. You're not going to get very far. But with the treasure that we contain, things are different. John said, I, this is John the Baptist, said, I am not the light, but I bear testimony to the one who is the light. We are not the light, but we bear testimony to the one who is the light. So the first error is to think far too much of ourselves and not enough of the glorious treasure within. The second error we make is to think of ourselves and not of the treasure in the sense that we feel and know we don't have the capacity to go with the gospel of the glory of Christ to others. So we don't make a start. Vessels or jars of clay, we have a purpose. It's not just to stay on the kitchen shelf. We are designed to do a task. I was very blessed and am very blessed to have the name Christopher given by my parents. Are there other Christophers here? I know there are a few. What does Christopher mean? It's from the Greek, the bearer of Christ, the one who carries Christ. What a wonderful name to have, and what a calling. I'm not sure my parents actually realized the significance, but I think God had this in mind. And my sister was called Christine, so we had Christopher and Christine. Lovely. But you can imagine it presented some problems. When we were children, there was a phone call. Someone said, can I speak to Chris, please? So my father would say, well, which Chris? So there would be a pause, and then the person would say, Chris Elston. <laughs> Didn't particularly help, but what a wonderful name to have. Any of the children over there called Christopher? No, none there. But they're making jars of clay. They're making vessels. And those vessels inside, when they've committed their lives to Jesus, will be carrying the treasure of the gospel. They can draw themselves on it. They can draw their families on it their homes, or the church, because we all are the vessels to carry the treasure. The third error we can make as vessels is when something has gone well, we can feel a bit chuffed, a bit puffed up. We're really pleased that something went well in sharing the gospel or whatever else Christ has called us to do. And this also is an error. 
Because again, you see, the focus is back on the vessel and it's not on the treasure that we contain. In fact, with the vessel gets a pretty rough ride. The verses that follow our passage today, verses 8 to 11, show that. Afflicted, perplexed, persecuted. A pretty rough ride. That's the sort of thing that the vessel can expect to receive from the world. But not from everyone. Because there will be some who are ready to hear the message of life that we bring. Lisa was saying earlier, about one in three people we know are ready to hear the message of Jesus. For those people, hardship may be work, at work in us, the vessel, but we're bringing life. We are life to those people. So may this encourage us to invite people to Alpha. May it encourage us in our daily work, in our daily contacts with people, to know, although we may find it hard as the vessel, we are carrying life to others. Uh, Paul later, in his epistle to, to Timothy, does talk about different types of vessel. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 22. He talks about gold and silver vessels as well as wooden and earthenware vessels. All vessels to bring glory to the name of Jesus. But let us strive to be the gold and the silver vessels to be used for his highest purposes. And how do we become that gold or silver vessel? Used for noble purposes. How? Beginning of verse 21. If anyone purifies himself from what is ignoble, he will be a vessel for noble purposes. That's in my version, the RSV. If a man cleanses himself, he will be an instrument for noble purposes in the NIV. Matter of purity, keeping ourselves clean. Verse 22, that means shunning youthful passions, aiming at righteousness, faith, love, peace. Let's strive to be used for God's highest purposes. But remember, we remain the vessel can't be compared with the treasure that we contain within. So, we remember we're vessels. We carry the treasure. We don't shrink away because it's not the vessel doing the work, but the treasure we contain, Christ and the gospel. And then, at the end, we give thanks to Jesus. We don't allow ourselves to get puffed up. One of the places that I have been allowed to 
take the gospel to be a vessel is Southeast Europe. And I'm going to talk now a little bit about my mission in various places in Southeast Europe, beginning with Transnistria. Now, if you know where Transnistria is, you're doing very well. You won't find it on a map. But it's a separate state, not on the map. Now, why is that? It's because it is an unrecognized state on the territory of Moldova, where I've been serving for the last 10 years or so, and it is governed by Russian agents through a compliant local government. It has all its own um, affairs of running government, its own currency, its own border crossing. Um, so to all intents and purposes, it's, it's a separate state. So in God's goodness, a joyful part of my mission has been to invo be involved in Tiraspol in the capital of Transnistria. And I know a church there, um, Pastor Yuri. He was called to go there from the Ukraine about 20, 30 years ago. Of course, there are people there needing to hear the gospel. It's a Russian area. He didn't want to go. Too tough. Even though he grew up as the son of a gangster, well, this was God's preparation for him. He didn't want to go. And even when his son was critically ill and he prayed, God, if you heal my son, I'll go, he still did not go until his wife had a dream. And his wife, Oksana, said, Yuri, we're going to Tiraspol. It was really hard at the beginning, a church of just five or six people in poverty. But that was in, in the um, mid-90s. Now, there are, must be at least 400 who attend the services on Sunday, and there are church plants in villages around. And we, as Christ Church have been involved in this church through giving to their ministry of compassion through the church's missionary allocation. The church go out to the poor. Now, Moldova is the poorest country in Europe by most measures. Transnistria is included there with very, very poor people, although Russia does send a bit of money to the capital. There are people who don't have firewood in winter, they don't have enough food, they don't have medication, they live in awful housing. The church goes out with compassion. They go out to decorate people's houses. They take firewood. And if you remember last year, I showed a video of the church taking firewood out in the middle of winter to people who were freezing. So we are giving to this church. And Pastor Yuri wrote in June... I want to thank you and your church, Christ Church, for your prayers for us. We feel this support. Despite the yellow code in this country, yellow code that's to do with the war in Ukraine, people's fears and the risks, the team and I decided to continue to carry out 
all the projects and ministries directed at reaching people for God. Recently, we managed to hold a big evangelistic day on the birthday of the church. We are 27 years old. We were visited by 975... 975? Yes. We were visited by 975 adults and children. You can see the church on that time of celebration. And here, his, says his wife, Oxana, and her assistants baked a big cake of 250 pounds. Each guest was able to hear the gospel and enjoy a piece of cake. It was a specially blessed time. And it was also a great joy for us that Ukrainian refugees attended our services. Some of them came from distant settlements, and we believe that even more new people will join the church. We continue to care for poor people and refugee families. I am grateful for your help to us. Please convey our thanks to your church, that's to you, Christ Church, for your, or for their part in this work. I'm due to be going to Transnistria between the 1st and the 5th of September. I'm traveling to Moldova at the end of this month, and the Lord has given peace about going to Transnistria. I'll be going along with an old friend who is a church planter in France. He's also uh, senses a calling to go, and his wife has allowed him to go 100%, and uh, we're going. So we do ask, please, for continued peace. We have peace about it now. We, want, we ask for continued peace and ask for safety and angelic protection while we're there. The angels are all around us, and the angels, we just want to pray, will just especially uh, be around us in Transnistria. In June, I was in Slovakia, which is where I taught between 1994 and 2014. I was visiting old friends and students and staying at my former church. So, we have a picture to show you here. Here's a, uh, a church where I was speaking one Sunday and uh, giving a message. And uh, I can show you as well some photos of the people that I'm involved with there. We have, oh, you see me. Uh, on the right, the lady with the glasses, she's an old student of mine, over 20 years. She discovered I was teaching a course online in Moldova and said, oh, Chris, can I, can I join your classes? online in Moldova, and yes, it was arranged, and some other Slovaks have joined as well. She um, hasn't uh, had a very easy life. She started to go along to the fellowship I showed you just now, and uh, then stopped going. Then her daughter started going, and I had a wonderful email from her daughter a couple of years ago, I think it was, telling me she'd become a Christian. Oh, that's what we love to hear. 
about our students coming to the Lord Jesus. And she'd come at that church. I hardly remembered the daughter. She's immediately behind the lady with uh, the glasses. And she said to me, I thank you so much for teaching me English. I couldn't really remember very much about that. She said it helped me to get into university in Prague and it set me up on my career. Really? So we don't know, even as teachers, what, how God is using us as vessels. The lady in sort of pinkish top, if you want to know anything about this lady, she has a remarkable story, and I can share a few things I'm allowed to share about her after the service, if you're interested. So, I'm thankful for ministry in Slovakia amongst many old friends, many old students, and serving there at my former church. It was also especially gratifying this June to come alongside and befriend refugees from the bombarded east of the Ukraine. Through God's amazing working of circumstances and his overcoming of hindrances, I was able to show them the brilliant 2019 film of Pilgrim's Progress. God spoke to them through this to say that he responds to those who call upon him in their distress and would lead them to the celestial city. In the next service, I'll be telling you more about the amazing way that God led to their seeing this film and how he spoke to them. I cannot show you a photo of these refugees. There's a, a photo over on the church mission board showing some of the refugees that were staying with me briefly in Moldova. They were from Odessa, Odessa region. But this group came from the places we've heard about on the news where they have suffered greatly. But I will share with you a picture that was drawn for me by a six-year-old girl. And I was pleased that it didn't show any bombarded houses. I think her mum, who's a kindergarten teacher, helped her with it. So that was a precious picture from uh, one of the refugee children in, uh, in Slovakia. Now, moving next to Moldova... Christchurch, from its mission allocation, has been helping support the transformation project, in particular, the running of family homes for vulnerable children. The transformation project's primary calling is to rescue at-risk girls from sex trafficking, and secondly, to reach out to children and teenagers with the gospel through camps. Currently, we are seeking the Lord for his plans for our second house. Whether we can revert to the original intention of housing at-risk girls there and teach them such skills as dressmaking, bread-making, information technology, to provide them with a secure job so that they do not get lured away by the traffickers through promises of most wonderful jobs 
in the West, like being a waitress in Vienna, that of course doesn't exist. As soon as they're taken across the border, they are have their, they have their passports taken away from them. They become meat for the traffickers. This summer in Moldova, we've also been working with um, children and young people at camps. The idea we feel led into is to allow places to be kept for at-risk children on these camps. Not to have separate camps for them, which was the original thought, but it works better to keep places for the at-risk girls, young children, in the camps that we're running. So we can see here teacher Natasha on the left. She's got a group of children at our uh, first summer camp for children in June. So our work amongst needy girls and young children continues in this way as well. Now the English project, which I was led to begin in 2009, continues, but we're reaching a time of transition now. As I've been praying for the Lord to make clear his way ahead, he's been showing me, firstly, it's time to step back to allow the local teachers to take more responsibility for the school. Then, because of the situation with Russia, I thought it was wise in May to bring out my essential teaching materials. So I brought them out, 29 kilograms of them. And also, it so happens that five of my six classes in the autumn are online. Which means I can teach them anywhere. The sixth class, they'll have to get online lessons anyway. So, as I look at the way ahead, I'll ask for your prayers to know where I should be based. Still in Moldova, but I don't want to get in the way of the local teachers looking over their shoulders. I want them to start to run things themselves. From Transnistria, not a viable option at the moment, although the Ukrainian army continues to do a wonderful job in keeping the Russians at bay. Could it be to go back to Slovakia? A couple of my students independently said in June when I was there, Chris, can you come back and teach here? Well, I said, we can't go back to the past. But then I thought, it may be God is calling me to go back and be based there. Or he may want me in England for his purposes here. In September and October, I will be based in England when I'm back from a trip to Slovakia at the end of this month and beginning of September. 
and I'm back from all over. So I'll be valuing your prayers there. I think I've overrun. Lisa's looking at me. <laughs> so we'll pause there, but I'm available to talk to anybody after the service. And also, if you want to get onto the, the list of those that receive regular prayer news, give me your email address, and that will be sorted. Thank you. Or well, more in the next service, by the way. It won't be the same. There'll be more, some testimonies in the next service if you stay. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing. We may not all be called Chris, but we are all Christ bearers if we have given our lives to Christ. Um, and that is something to recall every day, that we are indeed hope bearers, light carriers, bringing Christ to everyday situations, to those we encounter around and about. And God calls us to pray in every situation 